0: Hey guys, sorry for the delay in episode 286 of My Take Radio. Just had a large amount of tech issues this week, but episode 286 is ready for consumption. You can join us live for a live episode of My Take Radio this Thursday, April 16th, 2015, at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Until then, enjoy MTR episode 286. The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff my take radio advertisers or might take radio content partners listener and viewer discretion is advised this coverage
1: is live
0: and uncensored so if you have any small children present you may want to have them leave the room Hey, what's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 286, broadcasting live Thursday, April 9th, 2015. I'm your host, Rich, and our caller number 347 324 3541. Again, that caller number 347 324 3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. We are live every Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. That is our gaming. Uh, that is our excuse me. Uh, MMA and wrestling show and Thursdays at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for gaming and entertainment. If you are tuning in live, there's a couple of ways you can listen. Uh, mtrlive.com or gfqlive.tv will give you access to the live video feed. Mtrlive.com also has our live Mixler feed. Plus, you can use our call-in number. Not hit option one. And you'll be able to listen to the show that way. If you do want to participate in any of the segments tonight, definitely hit option one. You will be entered into our caller queue. And Slick will prep you to come on air and obviously shoot the shit with me. So there you have it. As for archived shows, you can find archived episodes of My Take Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Of course, episodes also go on RageWorks.net. And of course, on our two YouTube channels, Official Rageworks and of course, My Take Radio TV. So, before we get into tonight's topics, a couple of things. Uh, last night, we did not do a wrestling and MMA show. Unfortunately, some scheduling conflicts arose, which did not allow me to be here to give you guys a live show. Nonetheless, you are getting a gaming and entertainment edition this week. I'm sure you may get a Black is the New Black from Ben and Taylor as well. And I want to get into that and some actual messages that we got regarding Black is the New Black, The Buried Show, and a couple of other things. Plus, I want to give you guys some updates on a couple of things going on with the site and the show as well. Uh, First off, uh, we just found out today that My Take Radio and Rageworks will be covering uh, Special Edition and why which is the first of two Comic-Cons here in New York City. Uh, Well, two major ones. Uh, There's some smaller shows, but there is going to be a big show as well. Um, Either way, that is going to be something that we're going to have going on in June. I believe that is June 6th. And uh, actually, June 6th. Yeah, June 6th and 7th. Just to um, get that out there in advance, so there may be some... um, some things going on with regards to that. In addition, uh, we also have Consumer Electronics Week in June as well, Eternal Con which we're probably going to be covering, New York Comic Con in October and a couple of other things as well. So, with that said, it is going to be a busy couple of months for RageWorks. Of course, you can find out about all that content on rageworks.net and via the fan page for RageWorks or My Take Radio. Now, With regards to uh, Black is the New Black and um, The Buried Show, I just want to take a moment and congratulate uh, both teams, uh, Taylor and Ben and Quark and Blade, for all their work on The Buried Show and on Black is the New Black. Those guys are getting some tremendous download numbers. I just wanted to um, give those guys some props for all the work that they've put in. Uh, Definitely going above and beyond promoting their content getting it out there and of course getting new eyes and ears checking out RageWorks, and of course checking out the rest of my take radios programming so definitely kudos to those guys uh this month has definitely been a record-breaking month for their content and i did want to congratulate those guys as well now a couple of things I got an email actually about black is the new black um they actually i was asked if there's going to be a set broadcasting schedule for those guys unfortunately uh, due to ben and taylor's work schedules there's not a set date for that show it is once a week Uh, more often than not it is recorded either thursdays or fridays and usually i edit and upload within 24 to 48 hours Uh, sometimes it's quicker than others obviously depending on the workload but if you are interested in that that is a once a week um usually a once-a-week endeavor for those guys. With regards to the buried show, uh, they did one new show, which is the start of their new season, uh, just because of their school schedule, but Quark and Blade will be doing a show uh closer to extreme rules, either before extreme rules or after. So be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, for those of you that are curious about the MTR Beyond the Mic and MTR behind the mic. Uh, it's just been a matter of scheduling to get new content out there and get new guests. But we are going to have some guests in the coming weeks. We're just trying to schedule some dates and get everybody on board for that. Uh, to answer another email I received um, for people that are not in the know, which it sounds a little fucked up to say. But if you aren't in the know or you're just going to my dot com and wondering why it's sending you to rageworks dot net Uh, Rageworks.net, of course, is the main brand. Uh, My Take Radio is under the Rageworks umbrella, as are other uh, bits of programming that are on the Rageworks podcast network, including Black is the New Black, The Buried Show, MTR Beyond the Mic, MTR Behind the Mic, and a couple of other shows as well, including VGN, which um, for those of you that are curious about the VGN scheduling Uh, We're trying to get that squared away and trying to get those guys to uh, put the episodes up on a more consistent basis. Obviously, scheduling and real world gets in the way. But yes, those are some of the shows you can catch on Rageworks.net. Of course, you can subscribe to that via RSS feed and get the updates directly to your RSS reader or your pod catchers as well. All right. So. The other thing I did want to update you guys on. Is that we've pretty much squashed and resolved any of the issues with RageWorks.net. There were some speed issues, a couple of issues with the site going down. We have resolved that. Also, some of you were uh, reaching out and letting me know that emails to mtr.host at mytakeradio.com were bouncing back. We did fix those. We have all that up and running. As always, if you're interested in being a guest or you want to advertise with My Take Radio. Definitely drop me a line, MTR host at mytakeradio.com for that. And as always, for anything else, rich at rageworks.net works just the same. All right, so uh, semi-light week on the gaming side of things. We do got a lot of entertainment news to discuss. Uh, Slick dropped me a couple of lines of some stuff he wants to kind of sound off on as well. So he'll be joining me later on in the segment. But overall, it's been a rather quiet week, which is to be expected because most times when E3 is kind of around the corner, things are kind of just put on the back burner until E3 because everybody wants to drop the latest and greatest news. So uh, the couple of weeks leading up to that are usually a little slow. Uh, same thing with with MMA on the flip side, just because on the MMA side of things, the cards have been okay and there hasn't been any bigger news stories going on. So, you know, that's, that's always part of a part of a bigger issue as well. But what i'm seeing with both mma and gaming is that usually as we get deeper into the spring and summer we start getting some some bigger events some larger news stories and of course we start getting the next crop of big titles which of course for on the gaming side of things you know we got a, we got a couple of th- of big titles that i'm going to get into with slick and of course as i was saying with mma of course the big fights start right around memorial day weekend anyway With that said, let's not beat around the bush. Let's jump into this week's gaming segment. We got a lot to discuss, and I got some news to share with you guys as well. So let's get that ball rolling. So for those of you that are looking to cut the cord, which I've talked about a couple of times on air, there's a lot of different alternatives available. Obviously, set-top boxes, multiple services are giving you... Software solutions to cut the cord uh, combinations of Netflix and Hulu and Sling TV and HBO now are all pretty much becoming a staple for those of you that are looking to cut the cord. Well, it looks like Xbox is looking to give you guys more incentive to use the Xbox one as your main media hub. Uh, starting today, those of you that are on the Xbox one preview program in the US and Canada can actually get over the air television by purchasing a hop hog tv 955q you can pick that up for 79.99 at best buy gamestop or micro center and then just pick up an hd tv antenna you slap it in and you'll be able to watch over the air content with your xbox one there is um speculation that a cheaper uh Hop-Hog unit will be dropping over the next few months which will run you 59.99 um not a super cheap alternative, obviously, if you're looking to avoid cable altogether. But at least you're able to access over-the-air content, and then just use a wealth of other services to complement that. Of course, you're going to get access to the One Guide, which is going to pick up all the over-the-air programming. You'll get all the usual stuff, um, you know, via Xbox One, and you'll be able to use that as well. Uh, Slick says over-the-air content is just your local channels, not necessarily. Uh, The only reason I say that is because my youngest sister had an over-the-air antenna, and you got a couple of different variations of the local channels, plus for some reason she had the Food Network, which was odd, TBS, which was just as odd, plus a couple of other channels and offshoots as well. So depending on your area, you may just get the local channels, but I can attest to the fact that here in New York City, there weren't just local channels uh no there was no coax just a straight hd antenna running right into the television slick that was all the over-the-air content and this was right before we made the switch to um to get to have files and her getting a set top box but that was pretty much it it was all you know five like channel five a, a couple of offshoots of channel five same thing with NBC and cbs plus a couple of other offshoots with regards to that and then like i said 55 tbs the food network the cooking channel for some odd reason and um, a couple of other ancillary international channels as well but again this is just an option if you're interested in cutting the cord or have entertained it but let's do the math for a second 79.99 you're getting the you're getting the dongle which you're attaching to your xbox one so at 79.99 plus the cost of an hd tv antenna at this point, say you're spending 125 bucks. Let's just let's just use that 125 dollar investment. Plus, once you have that set up, then you're paying the monthly fees for your HBO Now, your Netflix, your Hulu, and whatever other uh, ancillary services you want to use. Before you know it, you know cost of ownership plus everything else. You're you're spending a decent amount of money. Obviously, your tuner and HD antenna are one time purchases, but still you're still gonna have to pay for internet. And this is one of the things that again, I don't want to dissuade anyone from cutting the cord. On the contrary, if you could save a couple of bucks and you're not even enjoying the bulk of that programming, by all means knock yourselves out. But do it you know, doing the math and factoring in all those different services, it's it's getting close to that plus like I said, what you're paying for internet. As well, you know, to to go with what Slick said, you know, you got to be smart about it in in response to what do you really need and what exactly are you going to watch? I got one guy who I worked with who he recently cut the cord and his viewing is comprised of Hulu, Netflix, and he's going to sign up for HBO now and Sling TV. So he's paying he's paying about 60 bucks and he's paying a I believe he's paying 50 bucks for uh, a pretty decent um, cable package, but again, he's, he's paying that out of North Carolina, so he's ru- he's running about $100, 115 bucks with that, and when we were talking about the over-the-air stuff, because he's a gamer much like myself, uh, he was definitely interested in making the jump. Again, this is something that, it's not a one-stop solution, it's not super cheap, And it's still it's still going to run you a couple of bucks, like I said, because at the end of the day, you still need to pay for Internet. So if you're not dealing with a cable company for basic cable or whatever the case may be, you're still going to have to deal with them for Internet. And you're going to want to get a pretty decent tier of Internet service because you're going to want to make sure you're able to stream all that HD content with minimal issue. Now, a couple of people uh, bring brought a couple of interesting solutions to the table, uh, things like Roku Apple TV, which have, you know, other ancillary channels and other programs that you can use. And again, same thing, even the Apple TV, which recently dropped to $69.99. You're still if you're going to want to rent movies and shows, you're still going to have to pay on a, on a per show or per movie basis. So, again, we're not we're not there yet. We're not at a stage where cord cutting is truly a cost effective solution. I mean, the the cheapest way is. Uh, going with with a rabbit ears and then you know downloading torrents or whatever other uh, you know non non approved methods of content consumption are out there. But again, you're going to want to try and leverage that in a way that works for you. But like I said, the Xbox One preview program has now allowed that feature for over the air. If you are interested, you're going to pick up the Hopog Win TV 955Q. That MSRP is 79.99 and you can pick it up either on either an Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop or Micro Center. Uh, I will say and I wanted to kind of share my thoughts on this cuz I touched on it last week. Uh, we are I am testing out the 1 month trial for Sling TV uh, which was which debuted on Xbox One and thus far I really like it. I I primarily got the 1 month free trial to watch the El Rey Network because I watch, you know, Lucha Underground and a lot of kung Fu movies, and pretty much a bulk of their movie content I watch via the sling app uh navigation is good, the stream is clean uh there's very minimal times where the stream has any sort of degradation so it's it's actually quite good now again nineteen ninety nine um per month if you don't opt for any of the movie channels, meaning if you want to get epics epics one i mean epics epics two, epics three. Uh, epics drive Through and the sundance film channel that becomes an additional five dollars so at that point now you're at 24.95 so i'm I'm kind of on the fence about if i'm going to keep it afterwards only because to watch only lucha underground programming i don't think you know a 1999 investment is the is the way to go um part of the reason like i said why i'm doing this is because files does not have the l ray network yet i'm sure that will change in the future but for right now, if I want to enjoy that content, I will have to use uh, the Sling TV app. My trial actually expires; I believe it's May second. So you know, I got a couple. I got a couple weeks to think about it, and I'll make a decision then. But I will say, if you're on the fence, or if you're you want to check out the L Ray Network and you don't have it in your area, you can do the uh, the Sling TV 30 day free trial and check it out that way. I um I was watching Master of the Flying Guillotine uh, the week before. I was watching uh, the one Arm boxer, a lot of the Shaw Brothers Kung Fu stuff they give on there. So, you know, it's, it's right up my alley, that entire block of programming. But again, like I said, it's 19.99 after the free trial is over, an additional $5 if you want the movie channels as well. All right, so I wanted to switch gears and talk about a game that has been on my radar since E3 last year. And that is Splatoon on Nintendo. Now, for those of you that don't know, Splatoon is a third-person shooter that isn't in the same vein as Call of Duty or any of these other games. Basically, you and a a group of individuals are on a course, and your job is to to, uh, shoot paint, and the team that paints the entire area before the other team wins. Very, very fun, but very simple. Uh, The game is scheduled to hit retailers in may and it's and it's been one of the reasons why i want to get a wii u i still haven't picked one up and that's my own fault but that game is one of the driving forces behind me wanting to invest in the system well a lot of people were curious as to the multiplayer aspects and how that would you know how the nintendo ecosystem would welcome uh, a multiplayer environment so as it turns out um this game is not going to have any voice chat and the crazy thing is that it never will uh one of the reasons that 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 is is happening is because of the 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 toxic environment of online gaming which is crazy uh yusuke amano who is the co-director said the following and i quote this is coming from personal experience when i played online games i didn't like the negativity i got and people telling me your crap go away so we wanted to focus on the positive aspects of online gaming. He did say, I don't want you to misunderstand. I'm not denying having chat in an online game does not contribute to fun. But as we've said, we want to grab new people. Look, I get it. The Internet can be a scuzzy place and we've all experienced some 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 gross stuff. But, you know, ditching the the feature is just not the move. The, the Internet, you know, it's a it's the Wild West. There's a lot of shitty stuff that goes on but it's also a great environment if you connect with the right group of people to participate in online multiplayer experiences. Um, You know, the the game Splatoon is built on cooperating with uh, within a team and communicating through voice chat would have been incredibly effective. Again, you know, victory in Splatoon depends primarily on people working together. The thing is, that if Nintendo really wanted to do something, they would maybe either have the chat turned off by default or maybe have it be age restricted at the end of the day though by you eliminating a feature like that you're severely limiting its appeal you have to you have to realize that if you're trying to to create a multiplayer or a group experience, online chat is integral it's important think about it you're playing uh you know. Call of Duty or any of these other games. Yes, there are instances where people are just vile and terrible human beings. But the same can be said anywhere. You can get on a train in New York City and accidentally bump into somebody and be called an asshole just for the sake of accidentally bumping into someone. It's it's one of those things where you can't you can't nanny everybody. You cannot baby everyone. And I think that we as a community have to in essence learn to police ourselves the same it can be said for a game that is that is reaching a younger demographic and i've said this before as parents as responsible individuals in the lives of our children or you know our family members it is our job to possibly get involved and possibly monitor what's going on maybe maybe your child is feeling uncomfortable from an experience on an online game but you as a parent got to come in and be like listen we're turning off chat or we want you to play offline because it's not safe whatever the case may be but again take some take some accountability take some acknowledgement and and handle your business accordingly because what ends up happening is you're you're basically forcing developers to think for you and again this is a byproduct of of the developer just taking the taking the reins on the situation but again Nintendo being "quote unquote as family friendly as it is pretty much is just following suit and letting this happen, and it bothers me because, again, we are we're we're all responsible adults, and I've talked about you know the the pussification of America, and this is another example of that, and it's it's really really sad because think about it, you're playing a game where it is imperative that you and your teammates work together to to paint an entire area before the opposing team, and the fact that you can't go out there and say listen. Go to this room or go to that room or, hey, there's one spot that's left. Meet me in this corner. It just it just takes an element out of the game that really, really is crucial. And that's what bothers me. That that really does bother me. And the fact that the developer is taking this into their own hands and not even, you know, doing some trial runs or or letting letting the, you know, the, the retail, not the retailer, excuse me, letting the gamers make that decision themselves. It's disheartening. I mean, let's think about it. I, I, I play multiplayer games on occasion, but if I really want to enjoy a game, I'm going to play the single-player experience. It's, you know, Call of Duty. I've played Call of Duty. I've played a couple of single-player campaigns. I enjoyed them. I played through them. I went online once or twice. My skill level, I'll be honest, isn't on par with the rest of, you know, the people that are out there that are five-star generals in three days. It just happens. And yeah, I'll go in there and I'll play and whatever, wanted to, yo, man, you know, like, did you just start playing this shit? And then, you know, you got to kind of have that conversation. And either you mute the mic, you shut the audio off or whatever the case is, and you play. You, you really have to understand at that point that you're behind a microphone. Nobody knows who you are. And either you try and imp- learn and play with people that are better than you to get better, or you just don't play online at all. And that's, that's, a, that's a decision that I made myself. You know, same thing with Halo in the old days. You'd go online with Halo and, um, you know, you, you everybody had the same learning curve because the game just came out. But you waited two, three, four weeks to jump back into it. And before you know it, these guys were running through obliterating you as soon as you spawned on the, on the level. And again, this is one of those things that happens in every system, in every game that has multiplayer and online uh, that has online multiplayer capabilities, and it's not just first-person shooters. It's fighting games. It's it's various other games where multiplayer is involved. There's been instances where you go online and you play Madden, or you play. Uh, well, Madden's a great example. Say you're playing Madden and you're winning, uh, you're losing by one touchdown, and when you, f- you when you're about to win the game by scoring, the person either logs off or after you after you win. They send you a message like, hey, you know, you're a piece of shit or whatever the case may be. And this, again, this is just a regular run of the mill sports games. It, it happens everywhere. And this is because it is a culture of people hiding behind microphones and not being held accountable. But like I've said, you have to let people defend themselves and step up and handle business themselves. It, it really bothers me that the dev was just like, yeah, you guys don't need voice chat. Really? It's a squad based game. But. Again, hopefully the game will be just as enjoyable, but it definitely bothered me because I, I actually look forward to jumping in and maybe playing some multiplayer with people and saying, hey, you know, let's we got to paint this room or X or Y, but now that's not happening, so you're going to have to pretty much just enjoy the game without party chat. As I said, Splatoon hits retailers in May. I hope to pick up a Wii U by then so I can review it, and I'm definitely going to touch on that if I do review the game because... I do feel that that is definitely a big hindrance. While we are on the subject of first-person shooters, one of the big news today was Treyarch Treyarch and Activision teasing a brand new Call of Duty Black Ops, this being Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Uh, Right now, they gave us a brief teaser trailer that obviously set the stage for a bigger trailer, which is going to be hitting... Uh, the internet on April 26th. But yes, Black Ops 3 is coming. So if you are a fan of the Treyarch and Activision series, be on the lookout April 26th as we share that trailer on Rageworks.net. All right, so I did want to talk about something that really has kind of made its way into a lot of discussion, and it may not affect gamers at at first, but it is going to affect those of you that like to stream and upload video to YouTube for the sake of monetization. So earlier this week, I received an email straight from YouTube for both our channels, my take radio TV and official RageWorks, with regards to a, a planned uh, YouTube subscription service that is going to be launching. Uh, it's going to be running about 10 bucks a month and essentially removes advertising. Now, even though the people are subscribing and it's removing advertising Those of us that have monetized videos on YouTube are still going to get whatever we're going to get from YouTube for having our videos monetized. Now, the the crazy thing is that if you don't want your videos to be part of that service, you essentially have no choice. And when I say that, it is because if you want to have the game, have the videos on YouTube, but don't want to be part of their new "Quote unquote" subscription service. What ends up happening is all your videos get converted to private, meaning at that point that nobody sees them. So, essentially, YouTube is a put you in a corner and pretty much just forced on you that you're gonna have to jump on board with this brand new with this brand new approach to their model. Now, YouTube as of late has been receiving a lot of press for multiple reasons. For Those of you that stream Nintendo games, the big one is Nintendo's monetization strategy with regards to their games and how people are essentially not wanting to stream Nintendo games because if they have to be on an approved list and it has to be certain titles and you have to be signed up for Nintendo's revenue sharing program. It is a huge pain in the ass and that already has people soured on streaming any sort of Nintendo content. As for those of you that are putting up content and in the hopes of becoming the next PewDiePie or the next multimillionaire streamer, you have to realize that you're going to have to commit to the new YouTube subscription model. Like I said, it's going to be $9.99 and you're going to be able to watch YouTube videos commercial free, according to what, what they've been saying. Now, some people may care about that. Some people may not. Me personally, the commercials don't bother me. And the reason I say this is because of someone who has a media presence on YouTube. I understand that that's how people pay the bills. That's how people improve their products and their service and their services and their offerings. So a a quick commercial, that's maybe three seconds of my life, five seconds of my life. And then I either have the option to fast forward it or just X out the, um, the small advertisement on the bottom is not a big deal. And the reason I'm referencing this is because I'm seeing more and more of uh, more people. I know more and more of my peers jumping into um, streaming and uploading video content to YouTube. Uh, we Don't get me wrong, we do that. We stream, we put stuff on YouTube, we put unboxings, we put all this other stuff. And yes, we do monetize our videos because, again, shit costs money. And we live in a society where too many things are free and too many people complain that they're not getting enough value for laying out zero dollars. Happens all the time, happens with plugins for WordPress, happens with free apps, people jump on board, hey man, this is bullshit, or you guys should add this, or why Why? Why is it that people that pay for this are getting these features? I don't know, maybe because they gotta fucking pay. So, with that said, I have a feeling that the YouTube subscription model, for those of you that are hardcore YouTube consumers, is gonna do fairly well. But I am curious to see how that trickles down to content creators and if you're going to end up getting more or less revenue for the content you put up. Just remember, if you have your videos monetized currently and you do not agree to this new YouTube terms of service, your videos will be marked private. So, again, something to consider if you're interested in doing that. And like I said, if you have videos out there or you have content out there or if people complain about advertisements or commercials or etc. People need to remember that all of this stuff costs money and and people lose sight of that because they figure, oh, I just type in this video. I just type in this this keyword and I watch this video and that's it. But for those that are trying to really make a living out of it or are really trying to become the next great content creator, it's you're you're hindering them from becoming better by not investing five seconds of your time to watching a lousy commercial for whatever it is suck it up and let it slide. And the reason I say that is because these are the same people that subscribe to Hulu and got to eat the commercials anyway, and you're paying for that. So again, it's just, it's just a very, very strange, uh, really strange situation with just the online community and YouTube and even Nintendo for that matter. But at last, like I said, um, If you're looking to jump into this or you're looking to become a content creator, you need to know where you stand and how it can affect you. Again, like I said, keep that in mind. And if you have received an email from YouTube, much like me, agree to that to those terms of service. Otherwise, your shit is going to be put private. But again, that's going to be a ten dollar subscription service for YouTube, which will eliminate ads across the board. Again, how that affects content creators remains to be seen, but once I hear more, I will definitely share it with you guys. Uh, Slick just informed me that he has a couple of things he wants to share with us, so I'm going to bring him on board before we jump into the entertainment segment for this week's episode. Slick, what's going on, buddy? What's up, man? Not too much. Same old, same old. So, what's going on? Share, share your gripes, my good friend.
1: Yeah, it's... Um... I'm just feeling starting to feel a little bit weird about this generation of gaming because it's just way too much bullshit going on, you know, between the nickel and diming and just, I feel like we're not getting, we're not getting a, a, a quality of games that we should be getting. Right? How I mean, how so? everybody knows Mortal Kombat's coming out next, you know, this coming Tuesday. Correct. And, you know, for the people that want to get it, I, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from getting it, but I am one of them. As as you know, I, I hear you. As you know, when it first was announced at E3, I was excited as hell. And as time went on, and we learned more and more about it, I got less and less excited to the point where I have no plans to buy it whatsoever now. Okay. I mean, but what's the what's the there's elephant there's in the room? It's the nickel and dime, which I mean, we've we've beaten that to the ground. I actually feel like the, the $150 version is is great if you can afford it because of the fact that that Scorpion statue, you know, most places like Big Bad Choice will charge you twice as much for a statue like that. So if you're really a Mortal Kombat fan, that's probably the way to go versus paying for fucking extra characters and shit. The um, Like, I, I dropped the, the article the other day about the expansions that The Witcher 3 is putting out, which I feel that's the type of DLC we need to be getting from everybody because with the DLC they're putting out, you damn near get another game from them Right. instead of just getting freaking skins and maps and all that bullshit that we shouldn't be paying for because the worst part is the the offenders where DLC amounts to a one megabyte download that's really just uh, unlocked for content that's already on the disc. Right. That's the real tissue.
0: Well, let me let me put it let me put it in a couple of different ways. And the reason I say this is because this goes back to what I was just saying about YouTube. And there are many gaming companies, and I will I will be one hundred percent frank when I say it, that really just bend gamers over on the regular. And we know them. Capcom, EA, Activision, depending on the game. Ubisoft once in a while you, you get what I'm saying with they all we all have our culprits for our genres and our interests but with Mortal Kombat and you know me I hate dealing with the DLC bullshit I hate it but I'm also of the camp uh, that there are two options a I buy the game don't get the extra characters and six months or a year later buy the ultimate edition which in turn I got to sell my old game, pay the 60 bucks for the new game and get all the DLC. Okay, great done. But again, at that point, it's a matter of being, keeping up with the Joneses at that point. I know that. Yeah, I can buy the straight version for 60 bucks and that's great, but I actually want to play as the predator. I actually want to play as Jason. So at that point, I got to make a decision from a financial standpoint. Do I want to lay out the money? Well, I get X, Y, and Z if I buy this version of the game and this stuff comes with it. The DLC by itself is 30 clams anyway. So 60 for the game, 30, that's 90 already. So at that point, I might as well get something else for my trouble and have it either be you know, a tangible item like a statue or something else that down the road, and the reason I say this is because, and I'll tell you in a moment, that stuff, if you choose to sell the game, or sell the statue sometimes you can make the money back just on the statue and the reason i say this is because assassin's creed 3 had a really really nice connor statue that came with the with the main with the big edition and a couple of retailers you walk into and they're still selling the game for 80 bucks with the statue there was one place that had the game for 60 bucks and i went back to buy it just so i could get the statue and it was gone So I go on eBay, I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll buy the statue myself. Dude, the statue itself is 75 bucks. At that point, you just gotta make a conscious decision, how much is this gonna affect my enjoyment of the game? Me, personally, I wanted to play as those characters, I know what it's gonna cost me, fuck it. Am I gonna buy the Ultimate Edition of the shit when it comes out? Yes. But, since NetherRealm isn't giving us the shit, I gotta buy it, you know?
1: Yeah, and I mean, but that—that's what I mean when I said that's, that's one of the things that turned me off to the game. And another thing I just saw today, because what's the main selling point of Mortal Kombat? The Mortal Kombat itself, right? And I watched a video; it was about 12 or 13 minutes long, that showed all the all the fatalities of the the standard characters. In other words, the ones you don't gotta pay extra for. Right. And I gotta say. I was bored to death. Okay. Like, there were about four fatalities that I even thought were, you know, mildly entertaining because we you go back through the history of all the fatalities and stuff, and to some extent, like, they're usually funny or, or like, out there in some way, like, you know, something like Liu Kang turning into a dragon or some shit like that. Right. And most of the fatalities in the game... Are just freaking cutscenes from pick a number Saw movie. They're, okay. they're not you know creative in any way. They're not, and I, I hate to say this because you know it's you know killing people. They're not funny or anything. Like you, the first thing you mentioned to me was was the Johnny Cage. Here's Johnny one, and that one I like because that one's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, it's super out, know, out, like out of nowhere. The
1: others under the net that that, that I even you know would want to waste my time doing all those button moves to do well because the rest of them are, I, a lot of them are like copies of the same shit.
0: Well, you know what it is, dude, and, and people, people may agree or disagree and if you disagree, you know, hit them, hit them numbers, hit them 10 digits and make it happen, but I'll be honest, Mortal Kombat has evolved as a fighting game to become a better fighting game, but it has become a caricature of what it used to be. It, you know, sometimes you mask what the game really is by throwing a lot of window dressing. Mortal Kombat as a fighting game, it's you know you can interchange it with Injustice, throw some blood and guts, and you get the same shit. But again, it's 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 about a a relationship with the franchise, a relationship with the series, and it's true. Some of those fatalities are fucking bullshit. But again, my. My basis for buying the game, number one, I want to play as, you know, the characters I mentioned, but I just want to support the fighting game genre. You know, you know me, I love I love my fighting games as much as the next person, and I own my fair share of suspect fighting game titles, but that's because I want to support that genre. Same way people wanna support first person shooters, RPGs, whatever the case may be. The same way people wanna support shitty comedies or certain musicians it same rules apply what bo- what bothers me and this is the bigger elephant in the room with something like Mortal Kombat is that we've gotten so, we we've received so much about the game you know how you always tell me hey i hate watching 17 movie trailers cuz i've seen what the game looks like or i've seen what the movie looks like yes yeah. the same shit is happening with this game it's like i got it yes we're going to show you the story trailer Yes, we're going to show you this fatality trailer. Yes, we're going to show you the bonus character trailers, and that's fine. But when every day you're 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 essentially showing every fatality and everything, that ends up ruining that aspect of the experience. Let people discover some shit themselves because, again, that word of mouth is going to become a driving force in selling the game. Like, the, here's Johnny fatality. Cool, that was different. And it was like, wow, that's, that's some real... Outside of the box shit. But the fact that there is an entire compilation of each character's fatalities, brutalities, and everything else, it doesn't, it takes away that aspect of discovery as a gamer. Nothing beats, you know, forward, down, forward, forward, down, forward, high punch and getting a fatality of some sort. Or, you know, back, down, forward, forward and low kick and getting something and not knowing what it was going to be. Or hearing it from your friends like, oh shit, you know, if you use Kano he rips the dude's heart out. And it's like, "Yo, I suck as Kano, but I want to see that shit. So, let me try it." Now, it's what, you yeah. know, the it's the logic that you share with movies. I I dude, I want to play the game. I'm excited for the game, but every day and yes, as a media outlet, all that shit is great for clicks and traffic and and people coming in and seeing it, but at which point is is too much? Is, is enough? Well, at what point is it too much media that it just gives you the entire game at that point? All that's left is for them to stick the controller in your hand.
1: There you go. And I mean, I'm just really disappointed that, like, there's, there's like at least 10 fatalities that that involve just cutting the person in half. And I'm like, okay, it's the same shit over and over again. Right. There's like four or five fatalities that involve removing either the person's brain or heart or both. And is a couple of, you know, evisceration fatalities. I'm like, why is everybody doing the same shit?
0: Right. Well, the other and thing was you saw all of these fatalities. So now, even if you were interested and you're like, oh, let me see what it looks like. Now you've seen it all. So that was something that dissuaded you again. You know, not everybody's going to be in the same camp as you, but that was something that dissuaded you you from spending the money me personally i was already invested the thing that got me as just like i said somebody who 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 does this shit much like you and a couple of our colleagues is the fact that it's just overkill at this point it's
1: like we're just going to show you everything watch what's going to happen i bet you if enough people feel the way that i do and they probably will at some point where they're just bored with the fatalities why even if they aren't watch freaking midway oh we've got some great dlc with extra fatalities you just gotta pay 10 bucks for them
0: yeah but you know what it is the fatality is some bullshit the fatality aspect of mortal Kombat i've always felt was great but it was always one of those things that you get it in for just that extra oomph you know it's the same thing like ultra combos and killer instinct and and you know whatever the case may be it's just a little extra now again that's something that's important to you. For me personally, it's like, all right, you gave us all these characters. That's great. I paid for this whatever season pass. If you drop any other characters, I better fucking get them for what I just laid out. Don't try and hit me with the bullshit of, oh, well, you know, these characters are part of the season pass. Like, you know, um, 2K did with WWE 2K15 that I talked about where they were saying essentially, oh, you know, this isn't part of the season pass. OK, so now we're picking and choosing what goes into what's essentially another aspect of the game that people have paid for? That's
1: bullshit too. But you know, that's exactly what will happen.
0: Ex- yeah, and at that point, like I said, uh, uh, that's 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 me having a having to endure that because I bought the shit. But what I'm saying is that I bought it. I know it's imminent, but that still doesn't mean I gotta like it. You know what I mean? As a gamer, uh, unless the characters just suck, you know, unless it's like, oh, you know, you get to put Aquaman in Mortal Kombat. I don't give a shit, you know?
1: <laughs> but it's like it's it's just like we always say is like as a community, we don't stand together and put our feet down cuz then nope. this shit would actually change. Absolutely. And what I what I also wanted to get at like, you know, we got to speak with our wallets is that with with this new generation of gaming, you know, the PS4, the Xbox One, with everything being on or sometimes even better than the level of the PC. The um it seems like developers are really resting on their laurels of just delivering graphics. Yes. It's like they don't make games anymore.
0: Well yeah, I can I, see I
1: watched... that.
0: No no no. What I was gonna say is I can see that and there's no better example than hey, God of War collection or Uncharted Collection in HD, or this collection, or this HD remix of this game, and it's like, okay, great, but you know, there's what what happened to seeing other stuff. Like I saw, I saw on social media a couple of uh, a week or two ago. You said, "Hey, I'm not a Halo fan, but I'm intrigued about Halo Guardians." Now, that's not saying you want to buy the game or you don't want to buy the game, but the game grabbed you with something different that's not to say that you're still not running around shooting shit
1: the fact that master chief who's been the hero all all along is somehow responsible for like bad shit (laughs) but it's like i've seen not even the the rehashes because that's a whole other issue right but at least the rehashes are rehashes of games that we know are good and that we played the hell out of and that we might some of us might want to play on the PS4, or like I said with the the GTA 5 review, you know, if you never played it on the PS3 or the 360, you will want to get it on the PS4 or the Xbox One because it's rare, but there are those people out there.
0: Uh, this is and true.
1: You that, you know, two weeks ago. Yep. But some of the new games coming out, it's like they're all graphics and no actual substance. Right. I, I saw it today. One was from last month, and one that actually is, is new. Two games coming out. One, everyone's gone to Rapture, which has been getting a lot of, of good um, press. And the other one, forget the name off the top of my head. Give me just one quick second, because I have it in one of the groups I'm in. It's um, Firewatch, which is a game about a guy who gets hired as like a, um, like a park ranger or some shit. Right. It's like for um, for everyone going the Radford, I saw a video of 13 minutes of gameplay. And for Firewatch, I saw a video that was 17 minutes of gameplay. So that's 30 minutes of my life wasted. Okay. Because in those 30 minutes, nothing happened. The most remarkable thing that happened in that 30 minutes is that in the game Firewatch, the guy who's the new park ranger... There, there were some people lighting fireworks, which, you know, is a a big no-no in a freaking national park. Correct. And he came across two naked chicks in a, in, in the lake. I'm like, big fucking deal. Because for one, I mean, even if you're the kind of person that is excited by, you know, computer tips, you don't see them because they're way off in the distance. Okay. Well- nothing happened. 30 minutes of gameplay and nothing happened. These two games looked great but if it's, it's nothing in terms of real gameplay who the fuck cares how good it looks well you know that's that's something i picked up
0: uh dead or alive on xbox one and this is me again supporting the genre and a couple of things were added to the game they sweat which was already an xbox 360 but now the sweat looks even more realistic uh they get dirty etc cetera, etc cetera. okay no problem but here <laughs> you know when when you go into the options menu and you can you can actually set breast jiggling as an option and one of the options is omg which is essentially just just taking two pillows and flinging them around at this point i was like at this point i'm going to get a knockout in a fight via boob ko and what got me was the fact that you play Dead or Alive, you play Virtual Fighter, you play Tekken. You know they fall under a very similar niche of gameplay. Many people call that the button mashing niche. Um, I just, dis- I, you know, I I disagree with that because each game has a different level of skill, and I've seen guys that are that are A plus D O A players or A plus Virtual Fighter players. But again, this is a really really beautiful, graphically intensive game that. You know, is still relies on titillation in twenty fifteen to get you interested, even though the gameplay itself and the graphics themselves are amazing. And this goes back to the whole, you know, to just the base instincts of window dressing. Like here, here's a good example: they put out uh, a, a remastered version. They're gonna put out a remastered version of Devil May Cry with, um, you know, new emo looking Dante and whatever. The game looks good. But when they put the game out, all that that titillation and and stuff that they added in the original version of the game conveniently disappeared. And the thing that gets me with that is, but you guys put it in the first time you guys wanted to be edgy the first time. Oh, but because now you're trying to reach a broader audience, you're going to kind of sweep that under the rug. It's like anything else, man. Foul language, nudity um, suggestive language, suggestive dialogue, whatever, hell, suggestive clothing, it's all made to sell the product, and that's fine. But if the bulk of your product is a 30 minute cinematic, uh, piece with maybe five minutes of action, at that point, we're playing fucking Metal Gear. And I (laughs) hate to say it, but not everybody wants to play Metal Gear. Like, yes, I want, I don't mind a big cinematic, uh, section of the game, but, hell, let me play the shit. Like, think about the cinematics in God of War. They were beautiful. But, dude, you were playing them. Same thing yeah, could be said of for the Uncharted.
1: Just beating the shit out of everything in sight.
0: Yeah, think about it. In Uncharted, they were amazing cinematics. Oh, my God, this building is falling. you got to run. And it's like you're watching this movie unfold, yet you still have full control of your character, which, which again, immersive storytelling. I want immersive storytelling. I don't want window dressing. If I wanted window dressing... I'd walk out and stand in front of a store and stare at a window for half an hour. It's bullshit. These are these are these are the things that your gripes and and your frustrations totally on on the right track. But we're also living in a more visually stimulated environment. Everything is a photo, everything is social media. I could walk outside, punch my mailman in the face, and before anybody wonders, if I'm assaulting the mailman or not, they will pull out their camera first.
1: Before anybody trying to
0: see if the, the mailman's okay, okay, okay while he's on the floor bleeding. Thank you. Or vice versa. Or hey, why'd you have No, it's, oh, check this shit out. Great example. and And my fellow New Yorkers can attest to this. Yesterday evening, a water main broke here in New York City. And people that were on the train had water gushing everywhere everywhere so the news of course does their typical man on the street interview yeah man the pipe broke and uh there was water everywhere and it was crazy okay thanks man on the street go fuck yourself then camera camera pans back and instead of the construction guys trying to find ways to get out or whatever the the camera of the news crew caught the guy taking video of the shit happening it's like dude there's there's people in there like there's people trapped in a train with water gushing everywhere. But wait, let me take a selfie (laughs) again. We are, we have, we have become a society of, of media and window dressing. And don't get me wrong. I love taking photos for a guy who hates being photographed, which I do. I'm active as fuck on Instagram, you know, most people don't want to be in photo photos like to be behind the camera correct but again it's it's one of those things where we are a very quote-unquote visually stimulated generation and not us like those after us so you can get the, the the 16 and 17 year old kids going wow this game looks awesome and the game may play like shit you may use th- the directional buttons may all be action commands and the only way that you can move your characters is by hitting r1 but no one will care because the game looks amazing.
1: (laughs) I'm not trying to say that the games play like shit, but if a game looks beautiful... But that's a byproduct, though. It's a sprawling, sprawling world for you to explore, or in the case of No Man's Sky, procedurally generated an infinite world for you to explore. Right. But nothing happens in any of them for you to truly interact with other than to just move around. That's not, that's not a game. That's what's called
0: a check demo. Well, that's Elevator Music the Game. That's what that is. That's, eleva- that's Elevator Music the Game. It's like, hey, look, you're walking through a lush forest, and you're still walking. And, oh, look at this beautiful cicada, but you're still walking you're through walking. the forest. Hey, are you at the end of the forest yet? Oh, no, you're not. Look at these beautiful leaves. Do you hear those birds chirping? Motherfucker, can I shoot something? That's what that's what's happening. Can something come attack me? Thank you, but that's that's not the case because again, those lush leaves and that greenery and all that shit—that's what you're paying the sixty dollars for. You're not paying the sixty dollars to jump out of a burning building while carrying an infant, his mother, and the stroller on your back while using a grappling hook. Ow! You're paying the sixty dollars because you want to know, you want to be able to see the puddle of urine in the elevator of the building you're in. (laughs) crazy that's what it is think about it
1: but the the thing that kills me using the the last three games specifically that i mentioned firewatch no man's sky and everyone's going to rapture the developers of these games have specifically shown you at least so far because you know the games aren't out so i'm not saying this is the final word but they've shown you so far that nothing Fucking happens in these games, and yet people are still lining up to buy them. Well, people are like, lining up to buy them because I, I of I the see people all over saying, "I can't wait for No Man's Sky." I'm like, why? Why? And they don't have an answer. Yep. Other than it looks so great,
0: right? But but that's the same as anything else. And and then here's what happens: they get the here here's a here's a great example: the order before we even discuss you know, racial undertones of the game or whatever the case may be, tell me this, and, and, and you, can, you, can, you can be as brutally honest as possible. When you saw the
1: trailer for The Order, what did you say? I actually did say that I'm starting to get nervous about this game because the trailers are showing me more story components. As time goes on, like originally they showed us gameplay. But as time went on, they showed us more and more of the game, and all we would see were cut scenes without action. Mm-hmm. You would get like a two-minute trailer, and out of that two minutes, about five seconds would show action. Right. And the rest of it, you could tell, was just cinematic. Right.
0: But think about think
1: about what so you this, just said. It's fantastic that they can blur the line between cinematic and gameplay, but if that line is only crossed to, to gameplay, 10% of the game. Not sure I want to pay my
0: money for that. Well, think about what you just said. You know, when, when, people, when people started playing the game, how many people's opinions changed that you know were excited for this game initially? Because I'd, like I'd like to say that at least out of five people that I know, four of them were like, damn, not what I expected.
1: Well, I've heard a lot of people talk shit about it, the game, but most of the people that I've encountered haven't played it. Yep. I have come across people that have played it, and I actually spoke to someone a couple of days ago because the game was on sale, and fuck you, Best Buy, for having a four-hour sale and not telling anybody about yep. it. But that's a whole other issue. I'm kind of glad because I didn't waste my money on it. Right. But um, they're like... He, I forgot his exact words, but his description of the, the game basically made it out to be Metal Gear Solid. But
0: but yeah, but you know what it is? If it's Metal Gear Solid and you're paying $60 for Metal Gear Solid and you know that you're paying $60 for Metal Gear Solid, then I don't want to hear your fucking
1: opinion. You get right. what I'm saying? But if you're paying $60, excuse me, $60 for the order and getting Metal Gear Solid and you're expecting to run around blowing werewolves away... And you're just watching cutscenes all day long. Then you you might feel like the booty warrior got to you.
0: There you go. But but again, that's those are the schools of thought that people have to utilize. These are the people that are either a going in with the highest expectation possibles and expecting to be disappointed, which is me most times, and b. Those of you that are super excited, your excitement is infectious to the point where it's nauseating, you go in, the game is still shit, but your belief in one facet of the game clouds the rest of your judgment. In other words, this game is five hours long, but the graphics though, but the game's five hours long, but the graphics though, but the game is 60 bucks and you're playing it for the equivalent of... You know, two 90-minute sessions at a massage parlor and a drive home. <laughs> but the graphics, though, no, 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 no. It's not how the shit works. And that's, that's, that's the big issue. The issue is that people will gravitate or latch on to one facet because people don't want to admit when shit is wrong, fucked up, or doesn't deliver the goods. I'll give you a, a, a great example. Super great. Your favorite game, Wet. let's let's look at wet for a second let's not even talk about let's look at it let's look at let's look at it in its in its wet glory and um let's realize that if you only saw the game only saw it only saw a video of it and didn't play it you'd be like wow this game looks pretty badass right yeah and then you play it and you realize holy shit, this game has essentially the same control scheme as Stephen Hawking's wheelchair. And then you realize that this game is shit. This is a a, a spray-painted gold piece of shit. But those graphics are amazing.
1: But the thing is, and I can't believe I'm defending wet, I feel like I want to kick myself in the ass. Right. A game with shit controls is still better than a quote-unquote game with nothing fucking happening right but
0: you see you see what you just did you you just you just ver- validated the experiment that i just said you found the one <laughs> intangible to make the shit relevant to make the shit worth exploring and discussing and this is what's happening in the gaming industry by and large where people are afraid to just acknowledge that shit is bad it's like if I'm laying out the $60 for a game and a developer didn't give it to me and it is a festering pile of shit and I choose to write about it, I'm going to write about it as honest as possible because I paid for it. And that's Even the problem
1: I didn't pay for it, I'm write about it
0: honestly. Right, but but again, this is this is the line that 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 has evolved over the years. It's the same thing with people that have relationships with public relations. This is the same as the Kardashians and TMZ. And people are like, how the fuck does that apply? Think about it. TMZ writes as much negative shit about the Kardashians as anybody else, but they'll make sure that they're there when Kim Kardashian is coming out of a fucking, you know, porta potty in the middle of Rodeo Drive. So that press is better than no press at all. Right, but that's but developers and, and, and gaming media and even some gamers are are falling for the trick that that any press is good press, and that is not the case, I hate to say. I'd rather have a five-hour good game than a five-hour cinematic game that many people just don't enjoy that are that they're forced to find something good in it, forced for whatever reason relationships coverage whatever the case may be or or just the fact that you know oh i want to support hideo kojima i love hideo kojima i love the motherfucker too but he just makes controllable movies it's basically a vcd with a play button and a pause switch Damn. again doesn't mean i don't like the guy don't doesn't mean that i don't think that he's creative as fuck but that's what i'm playing I'm essentially playing a choose-your-own-adventure game from, uh, from an Apple. It's, it, it, it's, it's fucking uh, 21st century Oregon Trail. You have dysentery. You're dead. That's what it is. And people just don't want don't to acknowledge that. And this doesn't just apply, like I said, to the average gamer. This applies to the media by and large. The obligation that there has to be some good in the shit. And the minute that you don't acknowledge that there's something good in it, you're jaded or, you know, you have no passion for the for the industry or whatever the case may be. It's like, no, I have a you know what? I don't have a passion for shit. (laughs) By and large, I I don't have a passion for shit. I don't want to pay sixty dollars for for a five dollar game. I mean, for a five hour game. Don't want to do it. That's when I wait for the shit to be thirty bucks. But some people are like, "Oh, you know, the developer's great, and they gave me the game, so I have to, I have to find something good." No, you don't. You no, don't. But you don't. Because the honesty that you give that developer, if your honesty is what correction, let's 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 also look at that too. If your honesty is well founded, and what I mean well founded is that you've played thirty or forty percent of the game. And you have an honest opinion. And you want to know why I say that? Because of all the fuckers that jumped on board to shit on Destiny that had to play the game for a longer period of time. And they all revised their reviews after the fact. All of them. 70% at least. After a week with Destiny, I realized that this game is blah, 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 blah. Oh, but you wanted to be the first one out of the gate with the review to say that the game sucked. Congratulations. How's that shit sandwich taste? <laughs> Dude, these are the facts, man. How many times do you get a game to review and I go, Slick, you know, I know you like to play the game most of the way through, but I know within two hours you'll determine if the game sucks or not. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's uh, it. The only reason why I used to like to play the whole game through was to, you know, without spoiling anything, give a, a you know, a really good, interpretation of a story, which like you said, in a couple of hours you can probably do that. Right,
0: but if in a couple of hours the game is done, then you can say, hey, the campaign was short, the game looks beautiful, and the controls were good. How difficult is that? But people are like, yeah, the game has a five hour game time, but you know, the developer really put in a, no the fuck he didn't. He gave you a five hour game. Let's call a spade a spade. It's five fucking hours. Hate to tell you, but that's what the shit is. Is the game good? Yes. Is it good for five hours and sixty bucks? No. That's it. Anything else you'd like uh, to add? <laughs> no, I'm good with that,
1: Ben. I mean, I, I'm done with my rant for today. I
0: I did I did want to ask, and I saw you being vocal about this in, in the chat room. The 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 situation with Splatoon and the removal of 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 in-game chat. I know you said it was about the developers and stuff like that. But are you in agreement with me that the gamer should be entitled to defend, advocate, and protect themselves by and large versus the big, big, mama, big mama developer or big daddy distributor making that decision for the gamer? Am I wrong in my assessment? Of course.
1: You're not wrong at all. I mean, they're, I, taking Chad out of a game to me is kind of lazy. I mean, honestly, with the Wii U, aside from the built-in microphone on the on the controller, I'm not sure if there's even a headset that works with the Wii U because I haven't looked into one myself. Right. But there has to be some kind of communication device, and with a game like that, even though it's not Call of Duty or even like a Grand Theft Auto Online, anything where you gotta you know formulate teamwork. It requires communication, and chat is very important to that, like i said if if you don't want to listen to all the random jackasses online, there's usually some kind of party like the the um the the PlayStation four will have in the Xbox one you can set up parties outside of games where even if you're in a game that has its own chat set up, you're only talking to the people in your party, right it's like. I don't see why Nintendo doesn't do something like that or at least have it within the game where, you know, you can just set it that you only want to talk to these people. Even back in the days of the PS3 where there is no party chat that carries over to a game. It's either party chat outside of a game or the chat that the game itself has. Right. If I don't want to listen to all the jackasses in in Los Santos and Grand Theft Auto Online, I can just look at the list of players and mute the ones that are freaking making too much noise. There you go.
0: But that's what I mean. Again, it's it's that freedom of choice, but 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 going back to what I said earlier, you know, it's it's that nanny mentality where oh, you know, oh I don't want my little twelve year old son to be called a cum dumpster, but ma'am, <laughs> he's the one calling someone a cum dumpster. You see what I'm saying? Pretty much. But 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 that's the problem. It's oh, you know, my baby wouldn't do that or my so, child didn't say this. There was a, a an article a couple of months back and, you know, after after we finish up, you know, if you find it, great. About a young woman who recorded a kid talking recklessly. And the girl, I would think either found his address or he was a local or something. All I know is That that audio was given to the kid's mother. And it was, hey, you do realize that this is what your son sounds like. Oh, my God, this is my child. Yes. Again, going back to what I said, lack of awareness, lack of availability, lack of
1: actually being involved. Of course, because if you could just give the kid the game and keep them out of your hair that's how they that's how a lot of people do their parenting no
0: and i understand that but again think about this the developer is saying oh you know this is the culture blah 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 and we don't want kids exposed to that but kids are the ones that are saying some of this shit and therein lies the problem yeah i say horrible shit
1: online but i only say
0: the people i know exactly but again people you know horrible things but they're being said you understand what I'm saying? They're being said. The logistics is there. You don't want that anybody exposed to that. Then put the safeguards in to prevent it from happening. But don't eliminate it for the sake of everybody else and remove a crucial uh, a crucial feature that may actually hinder people's enjoyment of the game.
1: Because honestly, all you really got to do is block somebody.
0: Thank you. Hey, I, I didn't feel comfortable with the way this person spoke to me. Block. That's it. Oh, I got a message on Xbox Live that said, you know, your mom's box block reported. It's it's that simple. But alas, this is what we got to deal with. But I wanted to ask you directly because you participate in more online group experiences for various titles than I do. So I had to broach it to you to see where you stood. And if my my, you know, my ram, my, my lunatic ramblings had merit. Clearly, you know, you agree. No,
1: absolutely. And I mean, sometimes it's not even audio. Sometimes it's, you know, messages. Like, yep. I, I posted an example the other day. I saw that. Where really, I, I was personally trolling somebody. But it's like, this this kid, this random kid asked me to add them. And at first I ignored it. And then I was about to politely respond, you know, no. Before I could even do that, they said to add me again. And I... I pretended that I was some kid and that that you know his mom took the control of his phone like he's not allowed to add people he doesn't know, and this, this fool went why like who do you even ask why? There you go. This is and this... I wrote because I'm his mother and I said so. The I saw that. actually said it's Jeremy from school. I'm like really? So now now you lead me to believe he's some some sick pedophile just trying to talk to children. Well,
0: here's here's the thing.
1: But it's like, that's what, that's what
0: blocking is for. I've given, I've given my gamer tag on air a handful of times and I get a friend request on, on air, on Xbox live or PlayStation network. And Hey, I'm, you know, cherry Valley 766. Okay. Who are you? Who are you? That's my answer. Who are you? Hey, I'm, you know, Bob from the chat that listens to the show. Okay. Bob from the chat that listens to the show. Thanks. And then maybe I'll add them. Maybe I won't. But again, all it takes is a who are you. I know people on Facebook. Just add anybody. Just add anybody. Two weeks later, I had to change my password because my Facebook got hacked. Oh, well, if you added some lady named, you know, Alexi Kovalevich, who you don't even know, but she had a hot picture. Good job. Her picture looked like something that was cut out of a magazine.
1: That one could actually be a man.
0: Whatever the case is, but again, you know, just just lack of lack of preparation. It just it just bothers me that the developer has taken into their own into their hands. Like, oh well, you know, because of the current culture. Okay, just because the culture is shitty doesn't mean that everybody else should be deprived of of enjoying a facet of the game. But unfortunately, that my friend is the culture we live in. All right. With that said, is there Thank anything much. else you'd like to add?
1: I'm for today, man.
0: All right, dude. Uh, I appreciate you calling in and sharing your input, as always.
1: All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, brother. Peace. Peace.
0: That was our very own Slick. As always, you can follow him on Twitter at R-W underscore Slick, S-L-I-C-K. Well, with that little discussion, we actually are going to wrap up the gaming segment of the show for this week. As I said, things have been a little quiet, but I'm sure within the next few weeks, things are going to get a lot more interesting interesting with that said let's switch gears let's jump into the entertainment news of the week shall we Before I get into the entertainment news for this week, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Mike Kingston, creator of Headlocked. For those of you that don't know, Mike Kingston and Headlocked are a uh, graphic novel series that takes place in the world of professional wrestling. Mike Kingston has been a guest on My Take Radio's Behind the Mic and Beyond the Mic interview series on a couple of different occasions. Uh, truly a stand up guy, one of the hardest working guys in the business. Uh, has already had a couple of successful Kickstarter campaigns. Uh, the Headlock Comic is incredibly enjoyable, and I wanted to give him a shout out and show him some love. And this is the new Headlocked T-shirt that you can pick up at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Headlocked Comic, and uh, show your support. Definitely check out the Headlocked Comic if you're a comic fan and a fan of professional wrestling. Totally a, a, a badass book. Really well done. A lot of great talent involved. Uh, some, you know, wrestling luminaries such as Jerry the King Lawler, Mr. Anderson, Beth Phoenix, and numerous others have dipped their hands in the proverbial pool and really brought to life this unique and great universe from Headlock. So props to Mike Kingston. Uh, thanks for the shirt and definitely make sure to check it out headlockcomic.com or pro wrestling tees forward slash headlocked. All right. So. It's been a while since I've had some uh, quote-unquote what-the-fuck movie news, but we do have some interesting news stories this week that definitely fall in that category. Now, The first up is uh, Netflix is actually entertaining bringing back Full House. For those of you that don't know, Full House was a popular show during the 90s that had uh, three men, uh, two good friends, and one, one of them who was the father of multiple daughters, um, and of course, all the adventures and mishaps that happened in their lives. Of course, this was what gave us Bob Saget, John Stamos, who never ages, by the way, uh, the Olsen twins, Candace Cameron, and countless others, including the always easily hateable Kimmy Gibbler. But in any case, Netflix looks like it wants to bring back Full House and give it a run of 13 episodes called... uh, There's there's a joke that is going to be called Fuller House, but not 100 percent sure if that is the case. But in any event, uh, it's going to follow DJ Tanner and, of course, Kimmy Gibbler. Yuck! And then, um, you know, all the usual suspects will pop up. John Stamos, Bob Saget, Dave Coulier, uh, Jody Sweeten, maybe the Olsen twins. Who knows? But it looks like that is something that Netflix is seriously entertaining. Now. I don't think this is a terrible thing. I don't think it's a good thing. I just think it's something that with with an outlet like Netflix or Hulu or any of these other online platforms and the success that they've had, it's not the end of the world if they put out something from our childhood. I mean, Netflix put out Inspector Gadget, which I actually watched a couple of episodes and it was a nice trip down memory lane. Is it great? Eh, you know, it depends on who you ask. Is it terrible? Not really. But again, freedom of choice. You watch it or you don't. It's it's not it's not a bad thing. Plus, with Netflix's track record with shows like Orange is the New Black, House of Cards, Hemlock Grove and a couple of other shows they got in the pipe, including Daredevil, which, uh, by the way, is airing today. So make sure you check that out. uh, I really am willing to give it a shot just to see if it can capture that that nostalgia that the original Full House show did. But it's just interesting that of all the things that you're going to venture into that Full House would be the show that you'd go after. Now, the funny thing is, I've always said that I'd like to see a follow-up to uh, The Wonder Years because I always felt that The Wonder Years was just an amazing show uh, that I watched a lot growing up. And it'd be cool just to see where those stories are. I mean, they did a really good job with the the follow-up to Boy Meets World, which was actually pretty cool and very nostalgic. So to see something like that, I understand. And... It would it would in essence introduce a new generation to some of the more um, unique programming. I mean, there were there were a, a fair fair amount of shows that were not great growing up, but there were always some some memorable ones. That really, it would be cool to see how they would adapt and if they would have that same magic in a newer medium. Things like I said, Full House, Step by Step, Family Matters. Uh, shows like that, Charles in Charge, which they could probably never do, <laughs> um, you know, all those, all those particular shows had very, very unique things about them that people really enjoyed. I mean, ABC back in the in the, in the late '80s and '90s really was killing it when it came to programming. I remember their, you know, their TGIF Friday block and all the different shows that they had, and they're capturing some of that magic now. But again you know to see some of these old classics be get a breath of fresh air courtesy of Netflix and Hulu and these other platforms is something that's interesting i'm not saying it's good i'm not saying it's bad but um you know it's just interesting so if you are a fan of full house maybe um you can keep track of this and see if it's something that's going to get on your radar of course right now it's just a lot of speculation but if there is a an air date and some casting and things like that, of course, I will make sure to share it with you guys. The other bit of what the fuck movie news, and this one is totally insane. Uh, Danny Trejo did an interview with Halloween Daily News in Charlotte and confirmed that Machete Kills in Space is happening later this year. I kid you not. um, The original concept came from a fake trailer that was at the end of Machete Kills. Um... But, you know, they, they really are pulling the trigger with this. Danny Trejo taking Machete into space. Uh, Machete Kills earned $15 million at the box office out of a $20 million budget. It was considered a dud. But uh, those films fall into that unique and lovable genre of just shitty movies that we can never not watch. Um, the first movie was A Guilty Pleasure. I enjoyed it. The second one, take it or leave it, but if it's on cable, it always ends up just playing in the background while while I'm doing work or whatever, just because it's just that type of a movie. We all have them. We all have those movies that are just, you know, really, really bad. It's just, it's just you know, <laughs> you, they, you end up watching them strictly because. Now, uh, Machete that kills in space, it, it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, like Slick said, it, they, I knew they had all intended to make it. When I saw the trailer, I said, really, are we really going to go there? But it's like you truly have not jumped the shark until you take your character in space. Jason X, uh, we're looking at you. Leprechaun in space, we're looking at you. Hellraiser, we're looking at you. And the list goes on and on and on. But in any case, uh, Danny Trejo is going to be chopping people up in space. And much... As much as I hate to admit it, I will be watching it. (laughs) All right, so let's talk box office totals. Shouldn't come as a shocker. Furious 7 destroyed the box office. $143.6 million. Home came in at number 2, 27.4, bringing its total to $95.6 million. Get Hard was number 3. Cinderella was number four. The Divergent series Insurgent was number five. It Follows was number six. I'm going to try and get out to the theater to see that before it comes out. Uh, The Women in Gold was number seven. Kingsman, the Secret Service, was number eight, earning an additional $1.7 million, bringing its grand total to $122.3 million. Do You Believe was number nine. And the second best exotic Marigold Hotel earned an additional million dollars to bring its total to of 30.1 to round out the number 10 slot now let's 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 talk about fast and furious or furious 7 or however you want to title it i went to see it this past weekend you can check out my review of it on rageworks.net feel free to share your thoughts in the comments i will say this um furious 7 was a spectacle it truly was And if it was meant as a send off for the late Paul Walker, then it definitely succeeded in doing that in a respectable and honorable fashion. Now, if the series is going to continue, you have, in essence, wrote off Paul Walker and to a degree, Jordana Brewster's character as well. And you can continue with Vin Diesel and the rest of those characters. Now, for those of you that may consider this uh, a cold statement, it is not but at the end of the day fast and furious was just as much about paul walker as it was about vin diesel's character on the contrary one was a catalyst for the other but it wasn't necessarily mandatory to have them both because when too fast too furious came out and vin diesel wasn't involved the f- the series still went on and still made money when tokyo drift came out and neither guy was involved. yeah, it didn't. It, it was considered the weakest entry in the series, but it still made its fair share of money. The fact is that the story, uh, the Fast and Furious series has reinvented itself from glorified car porn to, you know, glorified Heist film, now going into straight-up action flick. And I think the reinvention is good for the series. Does it need an eighth, a ninth, and a tenth movie? Absolutely not. I felt Furious Seven kind of wrapped things up, but given the popularity of, you know, Vin Diesel, The Rock, and just where they took the direction of the film, additional sequels are definitely not something that I would that that would be a shock if they were announced tomorrow, as a matter of fact. But I will say, the series is not for everyone. It's really not. It's so over the top and so far fetched that you will catch yourself going, you know, get the fuck out of here as soon as you see that. But if you're able to shut off your brain for a little bit and sit down, it's, it's, a, it's a decently enjoyable ride. But again, you got to be into it. You got to be invested in the series to really enjoy it. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to look at it as what the fuck is going on and why is Vin Diesel trying to be super serious when this is not something that's remotely that serious. I mean, again, it's a, it's a take it or leave it series. But The record-breaking totals that it has and the fact that it's almost made $500 million thus far as of this week's show is a testament to the fact that there's still a market for this series and there's still a lot of money to be made. So even though with the passing of Paul Walker, you would think that we would close out this series, all signs point to that not being the case. Again, if you want to get my full breakdown of the film, check out my review on Rageworks.net. All right, so let's switch gears and talk about some of the uh, top-selling Blu-rays. Um, a lot of really good stuff has come out over the last couple of weeks. It should not be a shocker that Interstellar was number one. It is a reference-quality Blu-ray, um, amazing visuals, great sound. If you got a, a, a an awesome home theater setup, you will definitely enjoy it. Uh, a little, a little, a little heavy for some, but still a great showpiece if you're looking for. Something to show off your television or home theater. Uh, the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies was in that list. Big Hero 6 was also in that list. Not a big shocker there. Uh, Penguins of Madagascar, Into the Woods, The Imitation Game, excuse me, Exodus, Gods and Kings, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1, and Annie were the top 10 Blu-rays of the week. Uh, the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies, another beautiful reference quality disc, but I am going to wait. For the extended editions for all three films um, just because these are these are films that I probably will end up watching more than once I've been guilty of doing that with the with the extended Lord of the Rings series you know occasionally again this is one of those things you throw them on you either sit down and you genuinely watch them or they play in the background while you do work Um, Tim Ferriss actually mentioned that in one of his podcasts that um, he puts a movie on loop and actually has it just playing in the background so that he can feel creative. I've been guilty of that. Usually, it's something on television. Occasionally, it'll be a Blu-ray on loop. A lot of times, it's either Fight Club or um, Kill Bill, uh, depending on the mood. But I, I am I am notorious for that. So yes, um, something like Lord of the Rings, I will definitely wait for the extended edition just because I know I'm going to watch all the extra features and all the shit just because I truly, truly did enjoy it the series all right so it would not be an entertainment segment without talking a little bit about marvel um entertainment weekly uh issued a story this week uh about joss whedon acknowledging that there will not be a post-credit scene in avengers age of ultron now before you think that there will not be anything during the credits that is not the case there will be what is called a tag, which will be a scene that happens during the credits, but there will not be anything after all the credits are over. Again, this is something that Josh Whedon chose to do, not necessarily something that will be commonplace going forward. But again, there will not be two end sequences for Avengers Age of Ultron. Make note of that. There will only be one. He also dispelled the rumor of Captain Marvel making an appearance He said that is not the case, but sometimes we we do live in an era of misinformation and you don't want to give up the goods, but you never know. We may still see Captain Marvel, but as of the article in Entertainment Weekly, that is not the case. But again, we will wait and see while we are on the subject of the Avengers, the Avengers Infinity War, which is the finale of Marvel's phase three, will have the Russo brothers involved directing both parts. Of course, the Russo brothers did an amazing job with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and they will also be directing Captain America Civil War as well. So the Russo brothers will have their hands full in Marvel mythology for the foreseeable future. So there you have it. Infinity War has its directors, Captain America Civil War, which is currently filming, and of course, Avengers Age of Ultron, which will be hitting theaters very, very, very soon. While we are on the subject of sequels, I did want to talk about the uh, Tron film, which will be getting a sequel. Uh, This would be the second in in the series for um, the new uh, Garrett Hedlund-led series, but of course, this will be the third for the Tron mythology as a whole. Um, It looks like Olivia Wilde and Garrett Hedlund will be reprising their roles. Tron Legacy, which had both Hedlund and Olivia Wilde, made $400 million worldwide on a $170 million budget. If you are a fan of the Tron series, I'm sure you'll be excited to know that this is going down. I actually had to watch Tron Legacy twice to really, really, really enjoy it. It, it had an amazing soundtrack. That is without question. But the film itself, eh, it depends. you got to really, really enjoy the Tron mythology. And I remember watching Tron when I was a little kid, the original, and I just was enamored with the light cycles and the bright lights and stuff. And I just thought it was amazing And ahead of its time, of course, now you watch it, you're a little older, and it looks incredibly dated, but you appreciate where they took the mythology and how they brought it forward. So for me, I definitely am curious to see what they do with this next Tron film, which is rumored to be called Tron Ascension. Again, not 100% confirmed, but once I get the news, of course, I will share that with you guys. On the Deadpool side of things, Ryan Reynolds has been extremely active on social media, sharing all the happenings of the Merc with the Mouth. And um, it's definitely been a very, very uh, awesome couple of days. Just seeing a lot of cool shit. You can see Ryan Reynolds is really enjoying uh, putting in the work as dare, as uh, Deadpool. I almost said Daredevil. Daredevil's on the brain because I want to watch it. Um, I will say that if you, if you want to keep up with it, definitely follow Ryan Reynolds on Twitter. Um, I will say that Ed Screen, who was... Uh, Dario Naharis in Game of Thrones and is currently going to be seen in the new Hitman movie will be one of the villains in the Deadpool film he will be playing Ajax now for those of you that don't know Ajax was created by the same guy who essentially created Deadpool Uh, definitely a more uh, a more violent individual uh, has no pain receptors increased speed and stamina and is pretty much going to be the guy that Wade Wilson is going to be exchanging punches kicks and i'm sure a fair amount of gunfire now of course uh this uh, this joins uh, a slew of other characters from the marvel universe including weasel who's being played by tj miller uh gina carano's playing aju dust uh brianna hildebrand is playing negasonic teenage warhead and marina baccarin is playing copycat uh there's also a rumor that colossus daniel cudmore um was supposed to be in the film, but that is not what I've been hearing. I'm hearing that Colossus will be in the film, but not played by Daniel Cudmore. We'll see if that's true. There's also a lot of rumors about Wolverine possibly popping up as well. Of course, this film is being directed by Tim Miller with a script by Rhett Reese and Paul Rernick. The R-rated Deadpool, yes, uh, hits theaters February 12th, 2016, so definitely mark that down on your calendars. And, of course, keep it locked to RageWorks.net for any other developments regarding Deadpool. And, of course, make sure you follow Ryan Reynolds on Twitter because he is truly having a blast bringing Deadpool to life for the Marvel Universe. All right. Now, I did want to discuss this next bit of news. And, again, this is definitely in the What the Fuck movie news category. Uh, these These next two stories are first... We are getting a human centipede three, aka the final sequence. I will be sharing the trailer on Rageworks. Uh for those of you that don't know, uh the original Human Centipede had Dieter Laser as a scientist that created a centipede which was essentially people ass to mouth. And um it was brutal, grotesque, and definitely disturbing. Uh the second sequel followed along with a um a Lawrence Harvey was the lead in that film and again just just pushing the levels of horror and depravity to new to new heights um Human Centipede 3 follows that just the same and is already teasing a 500 person human centipede which just sounds so awful on so many levels again uh the human centipede is not a great movie not by any stretch of the imagination but it's just one of those movies that, much like a car crash, you have to slow down and look. Uh, the Human Centipede falls into the category of it's just a movie that has been talked about so much, both good and bad, that you just have to see it for yourself to believe it. I saw the first one and I was, it was insane. And again, the second one was on Netflix. I gave it a watch and it was, it was equally as disturbing, though I felt that they pushed the envelope strictly for the sake of getting people to talk about the film uh this 500 person centipede definitely is going to push the envelope just the same in any case if you're interested in checking out this car wreck it hits theaters and video on demand on may 22nd so we'll see if i decide to be a glutton for punishment and check it out of course if i do maybe i will do a minority film report or maybe i'll just review it and not uh share the visuals on a uh you know, from an audio standpoint and gross you guys out, but we'll see what happens. May 22nd is still a ways off. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely decide by then what we are going to do. Uh, the other bit of what the fuck movie news involves a sequel to a movie that was for all intents and purposes, a dud. And that is need for speed. As many of you know, uh need for speed starred Aaron Paul and was pretty much loosely based on the need for speed game series from ea now the movie was a dud it earned 203 million dollars worldwide which was 43 million in the u.s 65 million in china uh, the, the the high point of the film was its practical car stunts um, it looks like um, a couple of chinese investors are going to be involved and are going to try and get a sequel done again this film uh the first need for speed had Uh, You know, Scott Waugh directed it. You had uh, Ramon Rodriguez. um, Kid Cudi was in it. Michael Keaton, Dakota Johnson, uh, Imogen Poots, and, of course, Aaron Paul. I am sure none of those actors are going to be involved in the next one, but you never know. But all signs are pointing to a new sequel for what was essentially a very, very, very shitty uh, video game film. But alas... The, the money's definitely being fronted by somebody, so we are definitely going to get the film eventually. On the Disney side of things, we've talked about Marvel quite a bit this week, but on the Disney side of things, it looks like Disney is continuing uh, to build on the momentum of their live action uh, stories like Cinderella, um, Beauty and the Beast, which is coming up, Mulan, which they're working on, The Jungle Book, and Dumbo. Well, it looks like they're also going to be bringing us a live action uh, version of Pinocchio. Of course, after the success of Cinderella and Maleficent, it looks like Disney's new outlet will be live action adaptations of their animated classics. Not something that I totally hate, but I do feel that if you continue to churn those out, they are going to lose their luster rather quick unless you can deliver something on par with maleficent which was unique and different and told a very very cool story or even cinderella which was surprisingly well done i think it will lose its luster sooner rather than later but alas like i said you have the following films to look forward to in live action form the jungle book beauty and the beast dumbo and mulan and of course pinocchio as well all right so On the DC side of things, because we can't leave DC out of it, a lot of rumors are pointing towards the Red Hood joining the DC Cinematic Universe, Uh, one of the reasons being that in a scene in Batman and Superman, you will see the case for the Robin that was killed by the Joker, that being Jason Todd, but a lot of people are saying that they are going to utilize that as a vehicle to set up the Red Hood joining the DC Cinematic Universe, Take that with a grain of salt right now due to the outlets that these news have been coming from. But I think that the Red Hood character would be very, very interesting on the big screen just because of his his uh, relationship with Batman and just his loose approach towards crime fighting. Kind of a kind of uh, on par with the Punisher to a degree with with his more lethal methods, but also his very, very unique code of honor as well. Um, given that DC is really trying to establish the cinematic universe as quickly as possible, I'm sure that if the suicide squad is successful and they can carve out a niche for anti heroes like the suicide squad, it would be a no brainer for them to put the red hood on the big screen as well. So again, uh, with that said, we'll see what happens. I did want to acknowledge that, there is a rumor floating around, and and this will close out the entertainment news for this week. That um they want to spin off Agents of Shield. Now, many of you know that Agents of Shield has been uh, pretty much passable thus far, getting better and better as the as the episodes pass. And of course, uh, the Agent Carter series that kind of filled the gap during the seasonal hiatus has also been well received. But it looks like they are looking to expand. Um, and go into the sister agency of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is S.W.O.R.D., uh, Sentient World Observation and Response Department, and it looks like they want to use the Bobby Morse character, a.k.a. Mockingbird, as one of the lead characters for this alleged spinoff. Again, not 100% confirmed, but it does look like Marvel is really, really going full steam ahead with carving out a complete cinematic universe, both on broadcast television, Netflix, and on the big screen, and integrating them all together. And I think that's definitely something that is very cool to see as it unfolds. But again, how much programming do we need and how much is it all going to connect? I mean, Daredevil we still have and all those other shows which are heading to Netflix under the Defenders banner. But alas, you know, we we have S.H.I.E.L.D. as it is, which has been received well but isn't exactly you know, setting the ratings on fire like other shows. So while I do understand that you want to strike while the iron is hot and kind of branch out and give us more of, a, of an expanded Marvel Universe, I do feel that the energy should be more focused on making S.H.I.E.L.D. a more complete show and not just a show with a couple of ancillary characters and a fair amount of superhero name dropping, which is sometimes what a lot of those episodes are. But... Thus far, the last this season, you know, with the introduction of the Inhumans and uh, the revelation of Sky being an Inhuman and how the Inhumans are going to play into the Marvel Universe, it's it's a step in the right direction. But I do feel that S.H.I.E.L.D. still has, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a bit more growing to do, and it can bring a lot more to the table if they just invested a bit more time into other aspects of the series. Right now, it's essentially the Sky show Uh, because they want to focus on her inhuman origins. But again, right now, this is a very, very strong rumor that they're spinning off Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We'll see if that is the case and if the spinoff is going to be a full spinoff or if it's going to be something along the lines of Agent Carter where it'll be put out to fill the gap. Once we hear more, we will definitely share that with you guys. All right, so with that said, that is going to wrap up this week's entertainment segment. But it is also going to wrap up the show for this week. So let's wrap it up, shall we? You've just heard My Take Radio, episode 286, which broadcasted live Thursday, April 9th, 2015. As always, My Take Radio is presented by RageWorks, the operating gear in the pop culture machine. If you want to be a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio, drop me a line at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. If you're interested in working with My Take Radio, advertising with us, or any of the above, feel free to use MTR Host at MyTakeRadio.com. We're always looking for great talent to join us on RageWorks. So if you're interested in getting your writing talent out there, drop me a line, rich at RageWorks.net. As always, archived episodes of My Take Radio are available on RageWorks.net, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Archived video episodes of the show will be available on youtube.com forward slash My take radio TV and youtube.com forward slash official rageworks. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. That way, you can get access to all our video content that we distribute on a weekly basis. Last but not least, gotta thank everybody who's involved with the show: Slick, Quark, Blade, and the rest of the MTR and Rageworks family, and. Last but not least, My Take Radio will return next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, for our MMA and Wrestling Edition. And if you're tuning in for gaming and entertainment, join us Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. All right, guys, I am out of here. As always, thank you for your continued support. We are hoping to have our Patreon stuff up this weekend. If we do, we will keep you posted. All right, guys. Peace. I'm out of
1: here.